That's good. Thank you guys for joining for your Wednesday morning cup of cyber. Glad you're here. Um, looks like we got a few people online. Looks like connection's good. Everything's smoking like it should be uh, on a Wednesday. Halfway through the hump day. Germans call it mitwalk. We are uh, we're halfway through the week, right? Short week for a lot of people. As you know, this morning we're jumping into the first of our controls in NIST Special Publication 853. Starting with the Access Control family, starting right up front with AC1. So I hope you brought your cup of hot coffee. You're going to need it. Um, we're going to get rolling. There's Mike Bravo saying, oi, oi. Uh, let's get the intro in and we'll jump into this control. your intro got to have your intro let's jump over and look at the control so i took and i pulled the good stuff i grabbed the good stuff out of nist special publication 853 revision 5 that's the one we got to work off of and i also grabbed information out of nist special publication 853 alpha the assessment manual it's always good to know the questions that are going to be on the test and when i say that i mean Let's build this control. Let's implement this control in your system, in your organization. But let's look at how the assessors are going to come in and evaluate us later. That way we have no questions what they're going to look at and we'll be ready for the assessment. We'll also look at those organizationally defined variables, those things we have to define before we can even go implement this control. So let's go jump, look at the documentation, look at the slides and walk through this thing. So, right from the get-go, let me make sure we got sound. Okay, there we go. Right from the get-go, let's start in. We're talking, we're digging into AC1, Access Control Policies and Procedures. Ah, Morton Richards out there as well. So digging in, our uh, uh, AC1, Access Control Policies and Procedures. So when we dive deep into this thing, first thing we're going to see is, 853, and again, we're going to always be talking about, when we're talking about 853, we're talking about Revision 5, the most recent version. And Mike brought this up the other day. There, there's a timeline in Revision 4. It's it's coming close to an end. This fall, you got to get rid of it. I think September, it, it's got to go if you're in the, in the government and the DOD. So it's got to go, DOD at least. So what does AC1 say? AC1 says essentially what it said before. This control... For this control, we need to the, the organization is going to develop, document, and disseminate to, and every time we see these square brackets, and I went ahead and highlighted them in red, so they really showed up here. So these square brackets, we either have to make an assignment, which is this first one, and we need to assign an organizationally defined personnel or role. So we're saying in this first one, who do we, we're going to develop, document, and disseminate to who? Who are the, who is this? Who are these documents going to? Who is the policy and procedure going to be distributed to? Who are we sending them to? And then we're going to have to determine the level of the document, and that's where we get the second type of organizationally defined variable, and that's a selection. And we see in here the selection. We have to select one or more. So is it organizational level? Is it business process level? Or is it system level? Obviously, you know, we want these controls, like especially a policy, to be developed at the organizational level. 
However, a procedure or a standard, and we don't talk about standards a lot in, um, in this document, um, a standard, I'm looking at the video, the video looks, okay. So I've scrolled over a little bit. So, okay, so a standard is something we don't talk about in NIST that much, but it kind of lives between a policy and a procedure. If we think about a procedure, that's a, like a standard operating procedure. That's how we do the thing we're talking about. And a policy is high level. So a policy is not going to be generally updated as frequently as a procedure. So a procedure is how to do it, and a policy defines what's required, right? And sometimes a standard is in between there. A lot of organizations will use a standard to define things like, uh, in the policy, we say you have to have a strong password. Um, and in the procedure, we, we talk about how we do that on a Linux system or on a Windows system, but the standard is somewhere in between, and the standard will say your password needs to be eight characters long, it's got to be uppercase, lowercase, special characters, numbers, um, you have to change it every 90 days, you can't reuse the last 24. That type of information a lot of times is handled in a standard. So we can, have, we can have a policy, a standard, and then a procedure. That makes it nice and clean. We don't have to update the policies near as much. The standards define what's required, and the procedure talks about how to do it, right? So in this case, I'm going to say, uh, I'll define these in the next slide, but let's say the, we're going to say we're going to, we're going to disseminate to everyone, right? And it's going to be an organizational level policy and procedure, right? This We're talking about policy in this first one, right? So organizational level policy. And then what does the policy have to do? It has to address these things, the purpose, you know, why we're doing this, what the policy is all about, the scope, you know, does it cover the whole organization? Does it cover a certain business unit? Does it cover only people using things like maybe remote access? What about the roles? Who are the roles that are established? Who, who is, is there a manager for these accounts? Um, who, who is actually responsible for approving accounts? Those different roles, responsibilities are tied to, to roles and responsibilities. Who is responsible for certain things? Who's responsible to make sure that this is enforced? Who's responsible to make sure that we are actually doing the access control standards or the requirements we're setting? Uh, management commitment. How do we have management commitment? A lot of times that's by having some organizational leader sign off on the policy. Coordination among organizational entities. Do we have coordination between the help desk and the security group and the IT group that's implementing these things. How are we, how are we coordinating among these? Um, and then also compliance. How are we ensuring that we're in compliance with the requirements that we have, right? And we have to figure out those compliance requirements. Maybe we need to know the applicable laws, executive orders, directives, regulation, policy, standards, and guidelines. So we need to pull all those into our policy as well to say, here's all the things we're following. Uh, maybe we have PII, so we gotta have the Privacy Act in there. Maybe we're having something like payment card industry, so we have to have PCI in there. Um, the different laws, executive orders, uh, directives, regulations, policies, anything we've written at the, at the organization level, that can be pulled into this as well. So we should have those listed in our policy as well. So that's what the policy has to talk about. It's generally high level. It's not updated nearly as frequently as a procedure or a standard. Again, standards we don't talk about in NIST, but it, it, it provides the, the teeth for those lower level documents. 
It provides the enforcement mechanism to ensure that policies and uh, can be followed through standards and, and procedures. So then the second part of this control is do we have procedures that facilitate the implementation of the access control policy and the associated access controls. So this is where we can expand a little bit to all the controls that are following, right? We have controls about lease privilege and access enforcement and flow enforcement and concurrent logons. All those things are coming in the controls that follow. We want to put those into, we want to roll those into these procedures and show people how they do them, right? So we talk about um, these organizations. First, let's let's define the organizationally defined variables, right? So now we have, we've, we've filled it in, all personnel, and it's an organizational level policy. Now we can roll on to look at procedures. So we need to designate someone, right? And at the organization level, um, it needs to be designated. Who is it that's gonna manage the development, documentation, and dissemination of the access control policies and procedures? Who's that going to be? So we need to define that. That's a variable we need to assign. And then we need to determine how frequently and why we're going to update or review the access control policy first and then procedure, right? So the policy generally is reviewed at a, a longer frequency. So let's say two years for looking at policies and procedures, they're more detailed. They're at the lower level. They're gonna be updated more frequently maybe annually, right? And then there's gonna be other reasons why we want to update them. We don't wanna just say annually because if there's a security event, maybe we want to update them more frequently in reaction to a security event or an audit event or change in technology. So we wanna have other reasons, right? So the first part talks about a static frequency, annually, biannually, every three years, and then following another uh, assignment, which is the organizationally defined events. Maybe that's an audit. Maybe that's a security event. And we talk a little bit more about that in the description. But we have to define all of these variables. So we're gonna say the organization's gonna designate a manager above or above. We could also say director of access control or the access control manager. We could define this. That's why NIST gives us that ability to define these things. So we say, in our, our case, in our fictitious case, we're saying we're gonna designate a manager above to manage the development, documentation, and dissemination of the access control policy and procedures. And then we're going to review the current access control policy every two years and following a major management change and security or risk notifications. And then we're gonna do the same thing with the procedures. The only difference is we're going to look at them every year and then following a management change and security risk notification, right? So the last thing we have to look at is the discussion. And I know, I know this is a wall of text, but I didn't want to break this down into two slides because we're just about there. So this is what NIST talks about. We want to talk about AC1. The access control policy and procedures address the controls in the AC family that are implemented within the systems and organizations. So the first part's important. When we're writing our policies and procedures, right, the policy can be high level. It can kind of handle just the stuff that's defined in AC1. But when we talk about procedures, it talks about the controls in the entirety of the AC family. 
So whatever controls our organization is going to be required to implement, we may not be required to implement all of them, but the controls we're required to implement should appear in our standards and our procedures somewhere. The risk management strategy is an important factor in establishing such policies and procedures. Policies and procedures contribute to the security and privacy assurance. Therefore, it's important that security and privacy programs collaborate on the development of access control procedures. And we, we see this all the time. We still, in most organizations, have a security group and a privacy group. Those two groups need to coordinate to make sure that we're, we are working together, right? Um, so, security and privacy program policies and procedures at the organization level are preferable in general and may obviate the need for mission-specific or system-specific policies and procedures. All they're saying there is, if you can write them at the organizational level, write them at the organizational level. In every case you can, that way you can inherit them across your organization, which is preferable. We want to make sure that we can inherit wherever we can. Um, the policy can be included as part of the general security and privacy policy or represented by multiple policies reflecting the complex nature of organizations. Again, they're saying there we can have one overarching security policy that covers all 20 of the families if we want, or we can have a specific access control policy and we can even break that down a little further which is going to become complex if we say we want a privacy access control policy and a security access control policy. I don't of course recommend that at all. I've lost my mouse. Uh, um, whoops, sorry. It's a wall of text I'm telling you. Uh, uh, procedures can be established for security privacy programs for mission business processes or systems as needed. So we're saying that uh, when we talk about the procedures, we can do that at the high level too. Procedures started getting more detailed, especially when we talk about standard operating procedures for an operating system. So we may need procedures at an organizational level and then different procedures at the system level. Um, got a little bit of stuff in the way here. Uh, Procedures can describe how the policies or controls are implemented and can be directed at individual or role. I'd say a role would be better. That is the object of the procedure. Procedures can be documented in a systems uh, security and privacy plans or in one or more separate documentation documents. Just saying this is saying, put it wherever you need to put it so it makes sense in your organization. You just have to document it. Um, events that may participate, precipitate, and update to access control policy and procedures include the assessment of audit findings, security and privacy incidents, or changes to laws, executive orders, directives, regulations, policies, or standards, and guidelines. And so what we're saying here is, um, in that previous slide when we deter determined what would be a trigger to update our policy and procedure in addition to that annual frequency or that biannual frequency, here's some good examples we could use there if we don't know it. Now, simply restating the controls does not constitute an organizational policy or procedure. This needs to define how we are enforcing it at our organization, and then the procedure needs to define 
how we're actually implementing these things. So that's important to know. So we get to the end matter. The end matter uh, just talks about things like the related controls. And in this case, it's IA1, PM9, PM24, PS8, and SI12. If you can't fully implement AC1, then you can uh, supplement or enforce the control possibly with these different related controls. Uh, there are no control enhancements for AC1. And then our references are OMBA 130, SP 812, 830, 839, 800, 100, and IR 7874, right? So that's, that's the requirement to implement. That it talks about how we are going to implement AC1. But when the assessor comes around in that assessment stage, what are they going to look for? So we look at the alpha. So this is the 853 alpha. And this, this talks about how am I going to, as an assessor, how am I going to check this control, right? So the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to pull my alpha out. I'm, I, a lot of times I'll have a spreadsheet and I'll look at this and I'll say, okay, I need to determine by looking at this and we will determine later how we're going to assess this. Let's jump, actually, let's jump down there now. So in the bottom here, we see the potential assessment methods. That's how can we as an assessor, assess AC1. There's, there's three methods that NIST uses for assessing controls, right? That's test, examine, and interview. So test is those technical controls. We're gonna go in and we're gonna technically assess a control. Examine is we're gonna look at something. In this case, we're gonna look at documents, policies, and procedures. And interview is we're gonna talk to people about this control, right? So we'll get back down to this. We know that in this case, there are two assessment methods. We can examine documentation and we can interview people. So let's go back and start looking at this. So we need to determine if the organization develops and documents an access policy that addresses what? Now, when we look at the policy, does it address the purpose to tell why we're doing this? Does it address the scope? How, how much of the organization does this policy cover? Does it cover roles and responsibilities? Can we prove management commitment? Is management backing the policy? We know if management doesn't back security and, and risk and cyber, we're done, right? Uh, does it show coordination among organizational entities? And does it show that we're tied to compliance, right? That's the first thing we're to check. That's one part of this control. If the control fails any part of the, those, those checks so far, it's no-go. You get a, a non-compliant with the requirement. Also, uh, we need to determine if the organization defines personnel or role whom the access control policy are to be disseminated. Who's a con who does this policy get disseminated to? And we talked about that earlier. We need to determine who it goes to and we're gonna define that. And then do we actually get the access control policy to those people, right? So in the first part of this, we say, hey, we're going to get this to all people, right? That's We're going to send it to all organizational people, uh, all personnel in the organization, right? That's going to be easy for the assessor. The assessor will look at the, the document. It's going to say distribution, all staff, something like that. Now the assessor can go out and interview people. They can go talk to people in the training organization, in the IT organization, in the business development organization, in the somewhere in operations 
They can say, have you seen this access control policy? Have you looked at it? When did you get it? Have you reviewed it? So that's the part of interview. They can go out and talk to people and see, did we actually disseminate this document? We can also look at things like email records or other systems that are used for document control and review them to see if it got disseminated to everyone. So we can do some examination of that one and we can do some interview of that one as well. Now we continue on. Um, does the organization develop and document procedures to facilitate the implementation of the access control policy and associated access controls? Do we have procedures that back up the policy and talk about the controls we're required to do? Um, does it define personnel or roles whom the procedures are to be disseminated? And then do we get the procedures disseminated to those people? Again, just like policy. And then do we define the frequency of review and update to the access control? And then do we do that? Do we review and update it? If we say we're looking at this annually, we're reviewing it annually, show me the last time you looked at it. Show me the time before you looked at it, right? Same thing for procedure, right? Do we define the frequency to review and update the current access control procedures? And then prove that as well. So the last part of this, when we look at 853, Alpha. The last part of this talks about assessment methods, and we talk about methods. Methods are examine and interview, and then the objects are the things we're going to use to conduct the assessment. So we're going to examine objects, right? So the objects we're going to examine is the access control policy and procedure, and any other re relevant documents or records. And then when we talk about interview, we're going to interview organizational <laughs> We're going to interview organizational personnel with access control responsibilities, organizational personnel with information security responsibilities. That's who we're going to talk to. We're going to interview those people, right? So that's how it's going to be assessed. That's how it's going to be implemented. That's all that NIST defines. That's the framework for AC1. So to build this out, to get it going in, in your organization, you've got the checklist. You've got the checklist of how to implement it, what you need to do. And if you remember back to English class, we talked about building uh, an executive summary uh, for something. We talked about building that, that front matter. So the procedures are kind of like the executive summary. You have to go through all of your AC access control controls and define which ones you're going to implement, the requirements around them, and then go back and build your procedures because you need to know, you know how many concurrent logons you can have. That has to be defined. Then we can put that in the procedure. Procedure. If you have a standard document, that's nice as well, right? You need to take a break. So a standard document can say, hey, for individual user accounts, you can have three concurrent logons. For admin accounts, you can have five concurrent logons. That defines the standard. The procedure talks about how to do it, how you're going to do it, All right? So that's a rundown. Hopefully, that's helping you. I got a little bit of little bit of conversation in the background. Hopefully, it helps you understand AC1. And as you can see, AC1's straightforward. We're going to hit as we hit AT1. The, all the dash ones are going to be very similar. So we'll probably go a little bit faster when we hit the other AT1, all the, all the other dash ones, AT1 and beyond. Um, because they, they, they lay out the same way. All the dash ones are exactly the same. Well, essentially the same way.
Not exactly. Um, I was corrected yesterday. I wish I remembered who corrected me. Um, they're not security controls anymore. We used to call them security privacy controls. Now we're just calling them controls. Um, it was a good catch. I, hands down, I should have wrote down, who told me I was wrong? And always let me know if I'm wrong because I don't want to put bad information out. They are controls now. They're not security controls. They're not privacy controls. They're just controls, right? Now, cause a little bit of confusion in the business world because we have business controls as well, but that's okay. We are we're all okie dokie with this. So that's where we're at. Um, look forward to your comments. If you want to, as you know, we're going to roll through all the controls. AC2 may, may break down over two days. Um, or maybe even more because it's AC2 is big. There's a couple in the AC family that 20 or 30 enhancements. So it might take a little while to get through those. Don't want to drag these morning sessions out too long. Um, probably at the peak right now. So we might have to break AC2 down a bit. So as always, take care of your friends, family, coworkers. Take care of each other. Um, if you haven't yet, hit the, the little doodad down there, the, the icon. Subscribe to the channel. Hit the bell to be notified. We're going to go live. We're live back live every morning, 8 a.m. Uh, just talking about controls right now. The channel's going to be expanding on all the other stuff we talked about yesterday. Going to be covering all kinds of things. Updating again. Getting ready for things. So like, subscribe. Uh, hit the bell. Uh, comment on this, this video. I'd love to hear your, your feedback. What you think about AC1, right? Ah. Sierra's back. Uh, saying glad to have Cup Side back. I'm glad to be back, guys. It was a little, a little break out there. Kevin saying okay. Um, and that's it, guys. That's it. If you could like the video, I'd appreciate it. And go on, enjoy your day. Sierra's about, Sierra and uh, Mike Bravo are on, so go get some. And uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow at 8 a.m. Eastern Time.